Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Locked Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor. And before we get into today's show, and take a moment to thank our sponsors. Autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends over at Manscaped are here to make sure that you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GRIPLOCKED. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all these goodies. Yeah, make sure after you're done trimming your pumpkin patch and whacking those leaves, you do give your balls a boost with the Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw two free gifts into their performance package that Trevor just mentioned, the boxers and the shed travel bag. That way you can remain comfy and cozy no matter where you are at during this fall season. So don't forget to get 20% off and free shipping with code griplocked at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code one word griplocked at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall and choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Fall Disc Golf. Is, is it Fall Disc Golf officially back yet? Fall like, disc golf is back. I feel like the MVP open is the the turn of the season. Last two times I've been out to play, there's been like a somewhat steady breeze, and that makes and I've seen like the leaves are like threatening to become yellowish, and that's like fall disc golf is back. Yeah. Fall I, disc golf to me means like my like definition of fall disc tell golf. Tell me your truth. Is like you go out and it's freezing cold, but by hole 12, you're sweating and you've got like your entire bag weighed down by all the layers you took off. <laughs> and every time you throw a shot in the woods, uh, you can't find your disc until you step on it because it's buried under leaves. That's like what fall disc golf means to it's me. It's a beautiful season, really. It's beautiful. <laughs> I've lost discs in leaf piles that haven't been recovered till like the following spring. I have not had, there's one of the first discs I ever lost um, that still hurts me to this day. It was a Mc, McPro Rock 3. I think it was a three-time, but mm. it was the McGlow run that wasn't supposed to be glow. Paul still denies that this run exists, but I had it. I know it exists. When you turn the lights off at night, it glew in the dark. Is that it, a word? Glue? Glue. glue. It, it, glue it, it glowed. G-L-E-W. Glue in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. That's just funny. I like inventing words, too. Like I think that's funny. I'm not coming after you. It's funny. So it, definitely, it definitely glowed in the it dark. It glowed in the dark. 100%. Um, that's irrelevant to this point, except for the fact that it's how I tried to find the disc later. It was like one of the first practices at college that yeah. I ever went to. We were doing this practice on uh, Liberty's East Campus Hole 3 down the hill. Two is, is bad as well. I threw my McPro, my McGlow as I called it, Rock 3. It was before the McGlow run existed. It was an actual just McPro that happened to glow. Threw it, hyzered out. Everyone on the team saw where it landed. We walk up to it. It's gone. Completely gone. It's gone. Buried by leaves. It's gone. But I'm like, so many people play this course. It's going to be found. Someone's going to call me back. I have my number on the back. I love this disc. It was beaten to perfection. To this day, never heard back from it. I've had some I went out there. I went out there at night with a UV light and kicked leaves up, shining back and forth so that I could like, hopefully, like if it was buried enough, I could hit it with the UV light and it would glow back at me. It didn't work. I've had a mysterious <laughs> disappearance in the course, too. With a KC Rock, it was on hole one. I just threw it, like, straight the middle. There used to be kind of, like, that little tree in the middle of the fairway and then just, like, some, like, shrubs around it. It's pretty open, though. And I just threw it right towards that area. Seemingly just, it was just there, and then it, I never saw it again. I don't know what happened to it. It's like it went into a gopher hole. <laughs> 
which ought, which might be possible. That is possible. Yeah, I I have had already. discs that I thought were gone forever, and then I just like randomly stumble upon a hole in the middle of the fairway, and my disc is in the hole somehow. Sometimes you see. There's also speaking of random animals and holes. Uh, Another guy went to Liberty, Lance, Lance Brown. He was doing field work once in North Carolina, threw his disc, and a fox ran out of the woods, grabbed his disc, and took it back in the woods. Mm, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's he, it, he dropped it once he got in the woods because he realized uh, it was just like a disc. So Lance mm-hmm. got the disc back, but Not he was always like, well, what the heck? Like a, a fox just ran out, that's grabbed really a disc funny. of mine, and ran away. So does he have to play from where the fox dropped probably it? Thought, it was a field work. Probably thought it was like okay. a berry since like all of his discs are purple. Probably. <laughs> You know, foxes. <laughs> <laughs> they get. They can. They thought it was a massive, massive old berry, a flat berry, really rare in these parts. All right, MVP open. MVP open. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some results here. We had Adam Hammes taking it down by three strokes over Ricky and Eagle. The scoreboard tied for second. Scoreboard's a bit of a liar there, though, because like you won by three, but he might as well. It was close to the wire. It was very close. So the reason he won by three was because. Eagle was trying to get big on hole 18 because he had to end up throwing it OB on his second shot. Kind of goofed on 17 and then as Hammes, well. He also goofed on 17, yeah. He, I mean, let's just focus on Adam Hammes first, the winner. It his first Pro Tour win, which Trevor, you predicted Listen, part of this back in January or February. Yeah, everybody like, seems to have developed this narrative that I like, because last week I said something about Adam Hammes isn't playing as well as he should this season. And at that time, that statement, like a win, this at this point in disc golf, with how hard it is to win, a win changes everything. So it's like I, I think that Adam Hammes is one of the most talented disc golfers on tour. So like I was surprised he hadn't won a pro tour yet. That statement was correct. But back in February, I tweeted that Hammes is going to win not once but twice, at least twice on the pro tour this year. He, if he goes back to back, so, your prediction will come true. All I'm saying is that take was looking really cold, but now is is heating up because it's coming it's coming to life. And people were like getting on that tweet and like going after all the people that went after me when I originally made it, like saying that that their takes like aged like milk. And that was really funny. I thought that was great. Aged like milk. Was, somebody went after my dad. My dad replied. To yeah, I remember that. And was like, whoa, pump the brakes. And somebody went back in and replied to that and said that aged like milk. And I thought that was really <laughs> funny. <laughs> I love they're coming after your dad. So, yeah. that If that take, if, that, if he somehow gets another win, I, I doubt it. But it could happen. Oh, it's only GMC. That's it. That's what I'm saying. If he's somehow, but he did win a national tour this year. Right. But it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like it kind of counts. But I, I said pro tour. You did say Pro, pro tour. tour. So, man, he is word. apparently one of four MPO players to ever win a Pro Tour and a National Tour in a season. Well, I mean, who else has done it this year? Paul? Paul hasn't done it this year. Has he? He won a National Tour. Has he won a Pro Tour? Yes, he won Des Moines. Okay, so then Paul, well, Paul's done it multiple times. So, yeah. Paul was on the list from previously. This, I'm saying this year who's done it. Just Paul, Adam, and is Rick. Does Rick have a National Tour? So hard to remember the national tours. National tours, I keep forgetting. They're very exist. forgettable this year. But I, Paul and Rick are on the list. I don't know this year. I was just curious to know this year, like where ha- Ham is. St- I mean, I like arguably you could say he that won he, on the pro tour. So yeah, he's, say arguably like it's funny because like now you could say Hammes has had a better season than like Kevin Jones. Yeah, and Kevin Jones has probably finished higher up more consistently, but Hammes has got two wins, and that speaks for itself. Yeah, two elite series wins. Good for him. Man. Um, but yeah, I think what we're just seeing is Adam. Much like we've talked about this, so many other players on tour now have that top level capability where if they can put their rounds together across the duration of tournament, they can win. 
to where it, it used to, back in the day, it was like, if everyone plays their best, then there's only two or three people that can win. Now, right. if everyone truly plays their best, there might be 10 or 15 people. Yeah. If like everyone happened to show up at a tournament and everyone played their absolute best, more than likely, Eagle, Rick, Calvin, or Paul would win. But there's a lot more players that can get to that level now. Does Hamas is more... Is, how, how many wins does Calvin have this year? Does he have any? You're just going to make me look up so many stats. That I, I know. I'm just thinking like it's what crazy. What the heck, man? It's crazy. You're making us sound like we don't know anything It's crazy now. what... Uh, what, what a win does ham- for you. What a win does for your like season resume because like going into the season and even as the season was like getting started, like Calvin is known as a guy that like comes in a lot of like top three finishes, but maybe gets like Calvin's one win. Calvin's gotta have at least eight win this season. I'm just but saying, I'm like, like just, does Hammers have like a better season than than Heimberg now? Which like well, okay, so that just depends on so Heimberg technically won Ledgestone. The co he was mm, a co winner of Ledgestone. Win, That's a fake win. So no, if you don't count Ledgestone. His only other win wow. is the Vintage Open, which was a Silver Series. Is Hammers having a better season than Heimberg? You can't you can't say that. I can. Because Heimberg is finished way higher on consistently. I'm a wins guy. It, it depends guy. on what you consider I, a, good, a better season. I'm a wins guy, though. Like, when I look back at this, now it's, it's a little different in disc golf whenever those guys are like, like, earnings are so important for those guys on their, like, tour. So, like, if... But I, I bet you if you ask Calvin, he'd probably trade seasons with Adam right this second. And he would take the two wins. I don't know, because Calvin's in a position... I'm a wins guy. Well, really, he's not even in a position that he could get a uh, Pro Tour regular season. All right, let me see. Because, um, like, yeah, Hammonds has not been nearly as consistent. So but. Ricky has won a national tour and a Pro Tour this year. I think the list... Because I don't think Eagle Paul, has you're right, tour. has. I'm going to see if Eagle... Has won one. We know he's won a lot of pro tours. Right. Has he won a national tour? We got to look all this up live. We're just wait. This is supposed to be Connor's job. What am I even doing? Oh, we don't have Wi Fi. We don't have, have Wi Fi here. Facts. Right You're right. Now. You're right. We don't have Wi Fi here. Uh, Eagle Pro Tour Pro Tour. I don't think um, he has national tour. NT NT. Where is a good NT? Um. Yeah, he does not have a national tour win. So that's a year. short list. <coughs> Three. So people. it's Eagle at, or Frick. Eagle. Paul, Adam, Rick. Paul, Adam, and Rick yes. have a national tour and a yes. pro tour this year. Wow. Uh, but it's a big-time win for Adam, too, because I think that Adam... How old's Adam? 21, 22? I thought he was older than me. Maybe. <laughs> we don't know anything. <laughs> I th- I could have swore that he was... This is like the podcast is like, we need all these random facts that we don't know. We, yeah, we didn't expect it. No, I, I'm pretty sure he's 22. Okay, I mean, he, in he any, he's playing, in his young 20s. I Googled this last night because I was trying to find out his age. The dude doesn't post his birthday anywhere at all. The you Pro Tour asked for his birthday, blank. Blank. Discraft has a sl- okay, slot so for birthday, blank. Okay, so you actually tried to find it. I tried like to find it. Okay, so that's, uh, but this on Reddit, on this Reddit, on, no. the, the closest hint I could see was in 2015, he was playing junior uh, 15 and under. No, 16 years so ago, he, or six years ago. Oh, so, so that puts him at 21 or 22. Oh, wow. So That's what I'm saying. He's younger than I thought. Man. So oldest, younger. absolute oldest would be 23, but he would have just turned 23. Yeah. Wow. He's young. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I so mean, he's I, really I, young. I knew he was in his young 20s, but I didn't realize, wow. Yeah. And so. That's crazy. I think there's a big time thing because Adam has known he has a skill, but once you prove it to yourself and prove it to the world that you can actually win and win at a place like Maple Hill, uh, I think this is also a big time for Discraft because this could be Adam could be emerging as like the next face of Discraft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause he'll be getting into the peak of his career as the Paul page, uh, 
age bracket is getting right. like towards the end of their career. Um, so, because he seems very happy with Discraft. So, assuming Discraft can keep him happy, then I think this is a, a big time thing. He's definitely like, whenever his contract is up for renewal, he'll be a big ticket item. Like, yeah, he's gonna be worth a lot. I wonder if like, it, I mean, I encourage, I'd encourage any player to shop around a little bit, but Discraft seems to take good care of their players. So, yeah, it's definitely gonna be be interesting. I don't know when his contract runs up. We'll definitely have to look into that more this off season. We'll have a list again of players who are going to be free agents and where they might go. Um, but I, another big story here, I think, was Eagle, Eagle had a four-stroke lead come into the final round. He looked a little like old Eagle. Yeah, I mean, he was... Well, the first two rounds, three rounds, first two rounds, he was in cruise control. Yeah. It looked like he was untouchable. Nate Doss, I think, even called, said it was over Yeah. after day two. Uh, people in our Discord were like, I'm not even going to watch this final round because Eagle's going to win. And you right. saw that on the live viewership mm-hmm. number wise, when the round started through like whole eight, seven or eight, there was only like 5,000 people watching live. There was like no one watching because mm-hmm. everyone going into the day was like, Oh, Eagle's going to win. Right. And then as people started checking you disc, it was like, hold up. Ricky's in this. Adam Hammond is in this and Eagle's fighting now. Yeah. It tightened up. Then the viewership started well, Eagles, skyrocketing Eagles after that. back nine was abysmal i think he was like two over through the last like seven holes like, it was he struggled it was absolutely his to win and he started i mean ev- both him and hammers as it started to tighten up got started getting nervy you could tell that some of their shots uh hammers was just able to calm himself down by throwing like that one good shot uh that like kind of brings you back down to earth and eagle his struggles were really on the putting green mostly yeah, I think and on hole 15 on like the Jomez hot mic, you can hear him yell yeah, at himself. He like, screamed at himself. Why can't you even putt today? Or yeah, something like he that. was getting very frustrated with his putt, um, which like that, I mean, it could happen to anybody. There's nothing wrong with showing emotion, but like, yeah, he, you could tell that he was seriously kicking himself. And I mean, Eagle has not really shown that this year. Like that's kind of been like, like that is something I would have expected from Eagle in past years to kind of like have the lead and then like, give it up yeah but he's like proven he can win right like this year he has not shown that so hopefully like hopefully for him like he can you know get that back on track because like he's got a that's one thing i'll say about you know eagle could really cap off a crazy season if he can win us um and that is like the ultimate frustrate you course yeah so like the guy who can keep his cool for four rounds, is going to win. USDGC. Eagle is still currently my pick to win USDGC. I mean, he did break his hand punching the ground last time, right? But he was in the lead when he did so. Exactly, because <laughs> that's when he can get the most frustrated. I'm just saying, I think we're seeing it. This is a bad time to say it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he just I showed do think, that he's still I do think we're seeing, that. But he didn't. He collapsed. But he didn't like m- mentally, physically freak out this time. No, like he he, uh, you could right. say he collapsed game wise, right. but he didn't, he just com- had a bad he didn't round. have like a complete he, meltdown. No, all he did was like kind of yell at himself. But during the, that round, I mean, that's a prime situation to punch the ground and break your hand again, and he didn't do it. There was definitely so, there was definitely cracks in the pillars. I'll I'll be interested. I mean, I thought he was invincible going into that final round. I, I, everyone did. So I, it, yeah, I was I was very that, very that surprised. To he see is him. still human. I mean, yeah, and then once he started cracking. I thought Ricky was going to emerge. I know, and then as the person. Ricky kind of like he kind of blew it too a little bit because he had a he, he had that, a he chance twenty one. He had a chance in on hole sixteen. Yeah, that's the where Kevin he, Jones ace hole. He he threw it ob off the drive, yeah. and his chances were kind of over right. at that point. I thought because yeah, Ricky was was swooping in. There's been a couple times this year. Ricky's had a chance. Ricky and Eagle coming down the stretch. Have, I think Ricky and Eagle are the times. two 
the two players to beat this year. Yeah. They've proven themselves. I mean, we're late in the year now. It's been a crazy year, but I think Ricky and Eagle have been the two that have kind of emerged from the rest of the field in a way. They're pretty much... Calvin is always up there, but Calvin, as we just saw, he's not... He hasn't had that great of a season compared to... He's having a great season, but he's not winning a lot at all. Is that a great season for somebody? If you could... Here's my thing. If you consider yourself like... Like statistically, if you just like average his finishing place, yes, he's having a good season. But like, so if, if, if Calvin wins going into GMC, this, now does he have a great season? Not a great season, a good season. I, Calvin, would you say going into this year, we were saying Calvin was top three going into this year? Yes, and he's won zero times. I was putting Calvin above Eagle, right? Going into the so year. that's what I'm saying. Compared to the expectations, he's compared not to the expectations, sure. But just you looking ca- at his well, season, you gotta, well, you objectively, gotta, you got to live up to the expectations. Like th- these are expectations he's set by performing well. So he's performing not as well this year as I think he has, like last year, for example. So the, I feel like this year and last year are very comparable. It's just that last year he might have had like a win or two. Win winning, you you know this that like winning separates the good from the great. That's yes, why, but he's consistently finishing better this year than he did last year. I don't win. You got to win. Winning, that's what I'm winning is, is a he, step above. Like that's why Eagle this year we're giving him all the credit because in years past he hasn't been. Yeah, he'll finish great and play these awesome rounds, but you ha, you can't. Winning is that extra step because it takes. But you can't say Calvin's not having a great season. I, he's not having a great season. He's having a good season, a very good season. Mm-mm. Nope, just good. If if you're gonna if you're gonna be considered one of the top players in the game, you if, gotta have yeah, wins. If you're if you're there's so at him, many events. If you're looking at him as a top two player, like Paul is not having a good season this year because nope. he's not winning. Right, and neither is Calvin. But Paul is having a good season for someone. If like the tenth best player in the world had Paul's gotta, season, they're having a great season. You can't, but you can't like that's like that's we we that's overestimated Calvin. That's not how sports. That's all no, I, we didn't. We estimated him based on what he's at, done I in the Calvin past. Last year, maybe maybe I'm forgetting how good Calvin he was won, last year. He won last year. But like, how, how much are we talking about winning? Did he win one event? Did he win two events? I think he had two wins. I know he had at least one because he beat. Let's look Paul. at a stat book, shall we? Okay. Actually, I don't know. I don't know why I said that. Like I knew something at that moment. <laughs> let's see. Let's prove you wrong. Yeah. Huh? He had a better. Season so he won last the Memorial year. last year, which was a pro tour. So he did have at least two wins. And then because I know he beat Paul he won Jonesboro. Yes, he had two, he had wins. two wins. This year he gets out of this season with probably a maximum of one. He's having a just good season. Last season was better than this season. Thank his, you. His worst finish <laughs> was eleventh at Idaho. Right. Last that's season. what I'm saying. He was so consistently like first or second or like second or well, third. He, last he year. had a lot more tenth place finishes. I'm just saying that like my standard for Calvin was set off of what he did last season, and compared to that, I'll admit I was wrong. I'll admit it. Thank he's you. He's having a good season. Good season. That's he's it. Having a, he's players. You know are, what? Mediocrity. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Players. The only players I would say they're having. A, I'd rank him thirtieth. Players like within the <laughs> players that are within like the top ten that I would say are having a really great season this year is a pretty short list. And like Eagle is really the only one that I'm like, yeah, they're having an awesome season. Yeah. James is having an awesome season because he won a world title. Yeah. He's been pretty consistent. But like other than that, I don't really want to throw out the yeah, they're having an awesome season to really anybody else. Hammonds would be one of them as well. Yeah, because he's yeah he's young. He's exceeding he's def- his expect- exceeding his expectations. Well, he's not exceeding your expectations. Not he's yet. exceeding the world's expectations. He, I let's be clear. Whenever I saw like I tweeted that about Hamas after he was playing those events in like, Arizona, in Arizona, and obviously I know he wasn't playing against anybody, but his game looked so good. He was making every putt within like eighty feet, and I was like, "This guy's got all the tools. Like, what could go wrong?" <laughs> but hey, you know, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I also find it very interesting that, like, 
that's the difference between him and like AB because like Anthony Barella in those like early events was pretty much doing the same thing. They were like neck and neck, but like AB isn't really touring full time and like no, also, he's still in school, right? So he's not able to put in the full work. As I would argue, AB is just as or more talented than Hammonds. They're very close in talent wise and and age. So like I th- I think that just shows that like when you're Hammonds and you're like putting everything into disc golf with that talent, like that's what you you have to do that if you want to get to the top. Like that's for all the young players, like. Those guys are infinitely talented, super athletic, but like you've gotta you've gotta grind it out if you wanna yeah. really rise to the top. And a lot of that just happens because they're playing a lot of events. Yeah, they're getting used you, to that you pro get tour used pressure. To it, right, yeah. Um another young player that had a a, a slightly different storyline uh, was Kyle Klein Kyle. on hole five of round one. This was a very interesting situation. We had a lot of like, I honestly probably four or five people tweeted at me saying, I can't wait to hear what you say about the Kyle Klein hole five ruling. And at that point, I are didn't people, know what they were talking about. Are people siding with Kyle on this? No, they were just asking. They, oh, they didn't okay. know. A lot of people say or Kyle's getting screwed. So a lot of people mm, are going to be upset about what yeah, we're about to say. He's not. Let me explain what happened. Kyle Klein on hole five threw his forehand out over the water. It comes back on the far side of the wall, to my understanding. So the spotter raises his red flag, calls it OB. Kyle Klein sees the red flag, proceeds to the drop zone. Throws his shot from the drop zone, walks up, putts from that spot, walks over to get his disc to find out it's inbounds. Talks to his card mates, putts from that spot, taking, uh, what would what would it be? He ended up with a five on the hole. However, however it all worked out. Um, so the issue was though, mm, this is tough, is that he was getting stroked for practice throws from the drop zone and the putts and all that uh when so that's how he ended up with the five versus whatever he should have gotten when he was really parked for a two essentially um so the issue that people are coming after is like he got screwed by that he should have been able to either just play out how he thought it was because he was ob or play from where he was because he was inbounds he was flagged wrong all that could have happened had he called a provisional? Well, here's my question. At the job you. So you're telling me, you're going to tell me that if a spotter calls you out and you think you're out, so the spotter calls you clearly out of bounds, that you're going to walk up and call provisional because you don't think you're out? I've done that multiple times. It's not necessarily that you don't think you're out. It's that you know the spotter can't make the official call and you haven't seen your disc yet. I've what? seen Paul do it. I've seen Ricky do it. Okay. I've done it I in tournaments. Know. I'm just saying, like, I could have easily walked in the same mistake. And anyone could have. Yeah. But the the it's not it's not the, the spotter shouldn't have called it. But the issue is the OB lines on the back side of the wall, not the front side yeah, of the why, wall. Why did the spotter miss the call there? He he just must have just thought that the wall was the OB line. That's on that's on MV, that's on the MVP open for well, not telling your so spotter where to. Make the, the thing right you have to remember is a spotter is not an official. So when they wave the red flag, that's not the official call. That's kind of showing you. Yeah. Realistically, Brody and I were talking about this line. on debate night last night. What is the point of a green and red flag? Because the spotter isn't the official. So no, you have to verify it. I think, yeah. So like in this case, the only reason Kyle got screwed was because he saw a red flag. It is a little stupid because, like, that flag would make sense if you were playing stroke and distance and you needed to, like. Well, she had to go to a drop zone. So he didn't. So, but if you're, like, on the fence, you should be calling a provisional either way as we can see in Kyle's case. I think, yeah, I think the lesson is that, like, if there is any kind of doubt, that you just have to call provisional. Yeah. It, the thing about the provisional is it is completely free. Yeah, so he throws a, he calls a provisional, throws his drop zone shot, walks up, yeah, I am out of bounds, 
Okay, walked my drop zone shot. Walks up. Oh, I'm in bounds. I will admit. Good thing I called a provisional. Pick up his lie. I will admit though. Walk over. Super unfortunate. Because, it is like, very unfortunate. I'd have done this probably and done the same exact. It thing. is very unfortunate. And in a roundabout way, yeah, it was the spotter's fault for calling him out Definitely when he was the in. Spotter's fault. But players on a pro tour have to know that the spotters are just volunteers. They're not officials. They're not tournament officials. Yeah. Their flag doesn't make the call. So if, if you're if you're back flags. on the land, you gotta say I'm calling a provisional just to make sure. Because I've seen it several times where a player's like, "Look, I, I know I'm out of bounds, but I'm just gonna call a provisional because it's free." Right. And then walk up, be like, "Yeah, I was ob, but just just on the off chance that, like in this situation, you end up you were in bounds, that saves Kyle what possibly three strokes." Yeah, that's crazy. Just like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, the flag, I've never really thought about it. It it doesn't really, it's good for the viewers at home, I guess. But even in this case, it wasn't because it screwed us too. Because then like, typically if you're watching Jomez, it was a very confusing moment because he tapped, he like threw and then tapped out what you thought was going to be like a three or whatever it was going to end up being three or four. And then it popped up and said double bogey. And then during the flyover, the next whole germ had to explain what just went Typically, down. Typically, the spotter, though, is a good tool for both the viewer and the player. I think really it comes what it comes down to is it's just on the spotter. Because like, well, I think the spotter, it's well, not hard to know if a disc is in or out. And there are certain circumstances where it can be like very close. In that case, you know, all I say, I say to that, how about just add a third flag? It's well, yellow. spotters I've seen in that case where you it's like both flags they up. wave both flags because yeah. they're like, I don't, that, I, don't make I think that that's call. the solution. If you're unsure, just wave both flags. Well, so that's that the, the issue I think here too that. is whole eight because most the of the OB line wasn't super clear. I remember there was issues with it last year too. Yeah, or not whole eight, whole five. Whole five. Right. I remember there was issues with it last year too because I think Simon did a similar thing. I believe it was Simon last year where the line and the wall he weren't took the a same. Putt, yeah. And so, like, you had to get your meter off. It might even been the water's edge, and they put the signs way up from the water's yeah. edge. Or something. All this, all this, has basically comes down to MVP. Like, you got to make sure your OB is clear, and then you got to make sure all your spotters are very aware like, of, aware of what the OB is. Yeah, like, because I, to me, a spotter, like, the most helpful thing they can do is be the, marking where a disc went out. Yeah, because they're the, the eyes up there. That's right. still not the official. Because I've seen at Idlewild, for instance, hole seventeen. I've seen a spotter, like they, the whole group walks up and they're like positive that the disc crossed across the green. And the spotter's like, your disc didn't cross across the green. And the whole car discusses and, they and they're, like, they're like, it crossed across. We have to. And gave it to them. And the spotter's sitting there like, I, I'm telling you, I saw it. It didn't. But the <laughs> yeah, spotter's not an official. That's crazy. Maybe spotters need to be officials. Because like, that's kind of crazy that the car go up there and just bully well, because the guy the, who was literally right there the, at the yeah, green. Basically what the spotter was saying happened is like the disc, this is completely irrelevant to this story, but the disc hyzer just right in front of it yeah but when you walked up there the angles and everything like from the card you're like there's no way but the spotter's like i I was standing right that's kind of messed up that's kind of messed up you're like no you're blind we all saw it from 300 feet back there so the four people (laughs) on the card were like well it's our decision like we all agree that it crossed here man i don't want the spotter was ticked i've been like oh so what am i here for it was a very it was a very uncomfortable situation i was just standing there listening to the card because the card's all disgusting and they're all in 100 agreement that it crossed that's messed up and the spotter's just standing there he's like guys it didn't it didn't cross yeah and they're like you're not an official. I'm sorry. Like we're we're calling it crossed. It's <laughs> messed up. I'd have walked that right so messed up. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Like you guys are really gonna tell me from all the way back there when you have a way worse angle? And I'm sitting right here. I can't think of anything that would make Trevor more angry than that situation. I would. I, will say, I would have 100 just pieced out as I'd the like, card. Great. As the card, I had to agree with the card because I was standing with the card. 
Mm-hmm. And when you got up there, there's no way the disc got to where it was without crossing over the green in the air. But the spotter was like standing his ground, like betting his life. He's like, that thing did not cross. I'd have to, I'd have to see the, the angles to like know for sure. But man, yeah. I would have been frustrated. The, the spotter was not a happy camper. I saw that same spotter a few <laughs> holes brutal. later. I came back That's and it was brutal. a year where there was like no spectators, but I had a media pass. Mm-hmm. And so it was last year actually. And so there's no spectators you with COVID, but I had a media pass. So I was walking with Brody's group. Might've been the one that made that call. And then I walked back um, to Paul's group a few holes earlier. And then um, I'm standing like behind Paul's group, but like in the grass area and the spotter is yelling at me while they're trying to throw. He's like, there's no spectators allowed. What are you doing? And like, they're trying to throw And I'm like showing him a media pass. I'm like, I'm allowed to be here, but I didn't want to yell back because they're right here trying to throw. And the dude's literally just chewing me out. And so I finally was like looking around and the players are looking at me and I'm like, and then the players are looking at the spotter because they're like, he has a media pass. Like, he's fine right there. What, yeah. what is this guy doing? And so then I just finally, I just walked up to the spotter. I'm like, dude, I have a media pass. Like, I am allowed to be behind this card. He's like, ah, I just thought you were a spectator. And that was all he said to me. Dude, just having a bad day, <laughs> I was man. Like, this dude is not having a good he's, day. He's heated. He was already heated up. Yeah, he was very... That is so funny. <laughs> but yeah, that has to be one of the most frustrating situations with a spotter. It's like just get completely I've seen, it, I've seen it also happen yeah. where like a spotter marks with a flag, and then players will walk up and be like, "Hey, I appreciate you for spotting," and then pick the flag up and be like, "Guys, you think across here, or farther up?" And the guys are like, "We had to come back and bounce up there. There's no way." And then they just walk up a hundred feet to the next spot. Justice for the spotters, man. They're standing out there for like a free disc and like in the hot sun, and you're just gonna walk up there and be like. No, you're blind. We saw it from way back there. <laughs> like, get out well, of here. Well, just, there's just some times where, like, you're like, I know how my disc works. There's no way this is the last spot in bounds. It's it's one of those things, I guess, where, like, if, if the spotter was also in a spot where he could have missed seeing it, but if the spotter's, like, running after the disc as it's crossing out of bounds and marking <laughs> it, you better take his mark. Because, like, he obviously, he's not an idiot. And also, yeah. I feel like he wouldn't fight that hard for it. The whole yeah, 17 was he the most wasn't uncomfortable. Because yeah. the whole 17, the guy was like, dude, you didn't cross inbounds. Like, the no part of it. They the were thing. like, well, how did the disc get there then? And he, like, claimed that it, like, hit into the water and went upstream or something. That's reasonable. And so, but all everyone on the car was water like... Water moves. No, I, we, we saw it spike in right the there. If, if I was, like, not sure, too, I'd be like, yeah, it could have. Like, I'm not completely sure. Like, that's up to you guys if you agree on it. Yeah, but, like, yeah. if I was, like, yeah, it was 10 feet in front of the green, I would fight. I'd be like, listen, guys, like, you're breaking the rules. <laughs> like, it did not cross. Yeah, so the whole what car, do I have to gain from this? <laughs> <laughs> the whole car gave him a tap out because he was he is, the green. That is wild and... Yeah, that Man, was a very interesting situation. That's crazy. Justice for spotters. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, back to MVP. Brutal stuff right there. Uh, one of the things that MVP is known for is the eight holes, which I always thought was a play on like a hole. It definitely is. No, it's a play on mass holes. Apparently, that's which what is also which is also mass a play on a play on a holes. Sure. But apparently okay. that's what like Massachusetts, I don't know if it's like UMass fans or or if they just call themselves that. It's all a play on the Well, same when thing. I said that eight holes was a play on a holes, people in the chat last night were getting mad at me because they said it was mass holes. How dare you? Not a holes. Like it's so, like it's like the connection, it's like point A to B, but there's like one little like, There's the a middle point man. in the middle because yeah. they're not calling themselves a holes. They're playing on mass holes. Which I can see that because those Massachusetts mass locals, holes, man, they are mass holes, like I'm even comfortable saying it, whereas I'm saying a hole. 
So you, I can see where you'd want, you'd want the eight holes. Not hole. really important. Not relevant at all. It's all the same thing. Eight holes <laughs> is what <laughs> MVP open is one of the things you think of, right? Which I think this is a very golf style thing. Yeah, uh, sure. Park on a hole, it's watch your cards come It's like through. a sports fan sort of thing. Yeah. Just but like, I have heard, uh, and we talked about this on debate night. I think they talked about it on Nick and Matt show. So I don't think we need to park on it for super long, but I did want to hear your take on it. Um, I heard a few complaints or players complaining where they were getting unintentionally razzed by the eight holes, several hole early, several holes before or several holes after because of how loud they were being on hole eight. So like they're, they're on hole six putting and they're freaking out on hole eight because yeah. someone just hit the island. Here's what I have to say to that. Okay. Yeah. If that's, if that's razzing you, this little group of fans that are all cheering on one hole on the course, do you want the sport to grow? Because have you ever heard of like the tiger roar in golf? Like in golf, there are just like going to be roars of applause during random times of the event. Now it's a little more spread out in golf. So that's a thing, but like, that's just a thing that's if as disc golf continues continues to grow, you are going to hear roars of cheering during your round if you're not on that card where it's happening. Like that's just a thing that's going to happen. Um, so like I don't really know what to tell you. Yeah, like this I, is, I didn't understand where people were getting upset. Like loud cheering just because it's only on this one hole, like that doesn't like this is a thing that's going to happen with galleries. Like yeah. if you're at Worlds and you're on, on the lead card and like somebody throws an awesome shot, they're all gonna start screaming. Imagine if you were, like imagine, this, oh, this scenario didn't happen. So like, I don't really but imagine if this scenario would have happened. If you were, if world championships would have played like the rest of the pro tour events and everything where FPO tees off after MPO. Right. And so there's a card of FPO players finishing up playing, playing when James Conrad throws in and the whole world goes crazy on right. 18. It, it, this is a similar situation to like. One of them being like, "Are you kidding me?" I think disc golfers like, sometimes. Of course, they're not going to say that because there was an insane moment. Can get a little soft sometimes when it comes to like distract. Personally, it's tough for me to identify with because you could scream and shout while I'm playing. And let it all out. I do not. Yes, <laughs> I do not care. Now it's one thing when it's a sudden. He doesn't care in your backswing. Like if it's just like a sudden noise, but like. I think you just have to that's like actually, that's actually like kind of rich. Exhaling. That's actually kind of <laughs> yeah. rich because Trevor was a victim of an air horn prank on a golf course years ago. That's an and air, it still scars that him. is that is an air horn, not a not a cheer from a crowd that I'm already expecting to happen. I think I think that part of that is because this is just like a new thing slightly to disc golf yeah. is like fans cheering while you're like playing. But like I think you just gotta learn to accept yeah. it because well, it's good. Like we want to encourage fans at the right time. Now I don't know I don't know the whole story like if they shouldn't be making noise now, I know there's like there's a hole in um, the Phoenix Open, the Waste Management Open, as it was most uh, known by in golf. They have a hole, hole 16, where they incur like they have all these grands. It's called the loudest hole in golf. They have all these grandstands, and the theme of that hole is that everybody makes as much noise as they can for the entirety of the hole, from teeing off to everything. That's that is an anomaly. So don't bring up that example. That's not how golf should always work but that's how eight i think that's kind of what the eight holes are if that's what they're going for with this event because they're like chanting players names as they're walking down like when are they, they pop up are they making noise down. while they're throwing though i'm not sure if it's necessarily exactly while they're throwing but like if that's the, they if, cheer for anything and everything if that if that's what they are going for if that's what they're going for as a whole then i think the event just needs to make that known more like hey hole eight is like the loud hole like there's gonna be noise going on the whole but i time. feel like that is well known like everyone knows about the eight holes i don't think so but uh, clearly the pl- it's 
That just needs or to be. Or you get to hole eight, like you're like, what is all that cheering? I'm so ticked off. And then you step up on hole eight, and you're like, Hunter, Hunter. I'm like, oh, thanks, guys. I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, cause like hole sixteen at the Waste Management Open, like you're gonna hear that from like all over the yeah, course. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's like so, like, but if that's I don't it, see this as a problem. No. I don't get where this is a problem. No, I don't. It, as long it, as it, as long as they're not was, looking over to hole sixes T and yelling jinx like in the middle of somebody's backswing. Yeah, like. Yeah, I don't because I think that I, I think what people issue. were saying, like what players were getting upset about, is they were cheering so loud, basically like when a player made it on the green, like they were cheering yeah, like they just thrown yeah. in a hundred foot shot. But I'm like, why is that upsetting? It's just enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm not a problem. Like, that's that. great. All those guys complaining probably threw bad shots and whatever. Holy, <laughs> well, yeah, and then they honestly, it was surprising. People are like, people are like, yeah, you know, my round was going great. So I got to hole five and then I heard the eight holes in my backswing and then I just couldn't get, I couldn't get a rhythm again the rest of the round. That's yeah. why I shot 14. You gotta like, you, you don't like, even, no, 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 disc no. Golfers, <laughs> like disc golf fans are so friendly. You don't even know what it can be like as it's like an, a, these other pro athletes in sports, like the heckling they yeah. have to deal with and stuff. Like you guys, Disc golf, so, your disc golf is so. Disc when you walk so up to buddy, the tee buddy. and not cursing you out. Disc golf fans are so like nice and and like want to be friends with the players so much. Like it, it's going to get a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, as like mainstream sports fans get into disc golf, like it's going to get worse. Nick Carl made a great point on the Nick and Matt show when talking about this, and he was like, "How is this any different than if you're on chase card and the lead cards behind you? Like you're going to be hearing them nonstop. Kind of yeah. like we were talking about the Tiger Roar, like." If there's been galleries of on lead cards of like eight, nine hundred people, yeah, you think that they, or maybe even over a thousand people, you think they haven't cheered for a moment that also happened to be the exact same time that James Conrad's on hole three putting? Yeah, like of g- course that's happened. It's gonna but happen. You just, you just have to get that that comes with the sport growing. It's part of being a professional. Yeah, athlete. like if you're gonna be a professional and you want to be at the top noise. level, you better get used to people cheering because they're gonna start cheering right. on your car. Obviously, at some point. obviously, we do not. We do not expect people to be like literally on your part of the gallery watching you making noise while you're throwing. That is no. clearly not. We want like there should be all quiet on the people around you. If a noise comes, it should be from a distance, you know, not on your card. But like it's going to like you can't just like say, all right, everybody over the mic, like all the officials, like, all right, everybody needs to be quiet right now because this guy on hole two is throwing like that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, so, also, like you got to get used to it, because if you put let's say that eventually there's three thousand people watching you yeah one of them might have to cough while you're throwing yeah, yeah. like one part of, of being a professional three thousand people someone at some point is going to slip up while you're throwing part of being a professional like, is learning how to maintain focus with distractions yeah around. you can't you yeah. can't get ticked off and stare down a fan because he had a hiccup or his yeah his kid he brought with him cried in your backswing like does it suck sure but like it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You gotta, that's, you're a professional you're ready, athlete. Yeah, you're it, that's what happens in sports filled with humans. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, that's gonna happen. There's no way around it. Yeah, I'm I'm declaring soft for the players. That yeah, anyone that complained that about that, that, that I mean soft. But just look back at your round and be like, did that really throw me off, or did I hit a tree? And thank goodness I had their yelling in my backswing, yeah. so I could blame it on. <laughs> yeah. What came first, the tree hit or the yell? I don't know. You know. <laughs> Uh, FPO results we had Katrina Allen winning by seven strokes over Kona Panis in second FPO. and Paige Pierce in third. FPO is such a mystery, man. It's not even like it's not even like it's one of those things where like oh, like all these players are consistently at the top and it's just a matter of who's gonna win on the final hole. No, it's like now Cat just beat Paige by how many strokes? Like eight, eight strokes. 
So like it's like there's just like random anomalies each event. FPO is so like impossible to predict. Yeah. And Kona's back. <laughs> like she was kind of have like beginning of the season. I was like, oh, Kona is like consistently going to be like a contender this year. And then she kind of like fell off, like wasn't really like contending for any wins. And then there she came no, she second, back. lost um, by seven, but she was there. Yeah. Seven but when you that. put it all together, Katrina Allen's having a pretty freaking good season. She's having a great season. She has two Pro Tour wins, a World Championship win, and an NT win. Katrina's having a phenomenal season compared to what I would have expected because I expected a very a much more dominant page season. And yeah. Katrina, when Katrina has her chances this year, she's taking them. Yeah, she's and it, it was surprising to see Paige lose by eight. Yeah. But let's not freak out yet because she still has five Pro Tour wins, a National Tour win, and a major win this season. I'm not, I'm just saying like, it's, it's not necessarily, it's mostly for Paige. The reason that I've been saying that her season hasn't been that great is not because of like the wins and stuff. We expect that from the number one women's player in the world. Um, it's that when she has, she's been taking losses where she's losing by a significant yeah, amount. So that's she's, what, I she's think having the these reason events it, where she's playing bad. The reason it seems weird is Paige is losing to different players and yeah. by a larger margin. Right. than we expect realistically. But I think what we're seeing, uh, I think this is true for Paige and really for Paul because they're both kind of, their stories are almost interwoven together on the FPO and MPO side because yeah. both five-time world champs, all that, um, and they've both been dominant for the better part of a decade. I think this is kind of like, this is a little bit of an identity shift season for both of them, really, because I think dominance in disc golf looks different now. Dominance in disc golf used to be you didn't lose. If you did lose, you came in second or third. Uh, I just think that's not what we're seeing anymore. Like, obviously, this year, you can't you can't argue that Paul had a dominant yeah, year. Yeah, so say dominance year. in disc golf, the example would be to look at, like, Eagles season. Yeah. Where still, Eagles season is not what dominance looked like in 2015. That's what I'm saying. 2015, but, Paul didn't finish outside the top three. But where he's went one, like quite a few times on tour this year and yeah. been the best player that is a dominant, a dominant season now season, i think yeah. that's where the shift is starting to happen is like yeah definitely you're not going to see a player go out and be in contention every week every single week every single time and win more times than not right that's not going to happen if that does happen nowadays that's going to be a heck of a lot more impressive because now you got to beat such a deeper field um but for paul's season this is the finish to see paul finish this much outside the top five in a regular season you have to go all the way back to 2012. He did it in 2018. If you include the Pro Tour finale, then you, he ties it. But I'm not including that because Pro Tour finale is kind of an anomaly. So 2012. I also won a major that year, didn't he? In 2018? Did he win US? US. Yeah. Yeah, he won US so, in 2018. Pretty but he still season. could win US this year. He could. USDGC is going to change anybody's season. That is still up it, in the air. Which is why I love that. Uh, majors are awesome. But yeah, I just think the game's changed. The field's gotten better and deeper on both sides fpo and mpo and i think that what it looks like to be a top player in the game is a lot different you can't rely on you can't rely on having everything be about winning anymore getting a few good wins throughout the season like we've seen eagle that isn't eagle realistically with a three or four win season is having a dominant season he's at five right i believe so eagle's having a very dominant season but that's just not the same as what it was five or six years ago. Five right. or six years ago, I mean, players were able to win 10 wins in a season. Yeah, I would argue I would argue that in this era now that we're entering where the leaderboard becomes a jumbled mess each and every week, wins are more important 
um, not only because of you know just how hard it is to win, but because it's going to be a lot more difficult to keep track of. Well, this like it's going to be way almost harder now to be like to just string together a bunch of second and third places over the year and be memorable. You have to win yeah. now to be remembered that season. So a win becomes like your landmark for that season. And that, that is true because Calvin Heinberg, back to that example, right? No one's going to be talking about exactly him forgettable season. season. He's year. been playing fine, but yeah, forgettable been, season because he's, he's not been winning. in contention or he's been in contention a lot. And there's even been talks more in the middle of the season of if he was the best player in the world because right. he was the one that was consistently in second or third. Right. But without winning, people are going to look at the record books three, four years from now, and they're just going to see. I mean, Eagle's going to be the clear dominance, but they're going to see a bunch of other names that aren't Calvin right now. And so Calvin can finish in fourth, third, all he wants, but you're right. Mm-hmm. The win, wins are what's going to separate you Yeah. Uh, from here on out. And what's crazy too is if you put Calvin with a season like this where he's putting himself in contention a few years ago, he's probably picking up four or five wins because if you look at who he's beating week in and week out, he would have been beating the guys he needed to beat because there would have only been three or four of them. Yeah. Versus now you have someone like an Adam Hammes where if, if Ricky and Eagle have a little bit of an off round here or there, someone can sneak in and boom, they have a win Mm -hmm. just like that. It's, it's a much more exciting time. I think to be a disc golf fan and probably a much more stressful and like high pressure time to be a player because wins are that much harder. I think, I think it is, more exciting for the young guys who are just getting into their prime because there's not as much pressure to be winning each and every event. Like yeah. they can go ahead and they can say like, let me just get one win this season. And like, it's a huge success. But for the old guys who built their careers over seasons where they're winning five, six, seven, eight times, it's, it's like a lot more frustrating and high pressure. That's what I, you know, like they can't do that anymore. <laughs> we're friends with Paul. So like I could obviously just ask him, but I feel like this season has got to be weird for him. Yeah. Like I, I, part of me wonders if the reason we've seen him finish outside the top, whatever I just said it was five or 10 uh, outside the top five so much is just because it's a, it's a shift. It's an adjustment because he is used to, if I show up, I play good. I'm there with a shot to win. You know what I mean? Well, I still think I still think if he plays good, He's probably going to be in the top, however many, but it's not good enough to win anymore. Now you yeah. got to have great rounds every round. I still think he's been—he's just been a little bit off. He's this been season. off this season, but I'm saying I'm wondering if that's part of what's played into him being off this season. Sure, it's just how much harder it is I to do, win. And I do think it, it's a lot more difficult whenever it's difficult to go through an event knowing that if I slip up, you know, even just for a few stretch of a few holes, if I slip up, that could cost me. Like, that's it. Yeah, you got to play so well. It's difficult especially in disc golf when you only play three rounds in most events it is a lot harder to climb back into an event um and also disc golf it seems to be in disc golf where like in golf it's a lot more unpredictable what's going to happen round to round where it like uh because if a guy could just wake up one morning and his driver's off and he just starts missing fairways he could just completely just blow up whereas in disc golf when a guy like as good as like a ricky or eagle or paul fires off two good rounds in a row at the, and they're playing the same course again. It's pretty, it's, it's like what it happened with Eagle this past week, but it's not super likely that they're going to just wake up and forget how to play the course that they've just been shredding for two weeks. Like they very much know their game plan at that point and it's been decided. So like if you, if you cough up early in the event and, and you're kind of already behind, it is very difficult to climb back into it knowing that, 
those other guys are off to the races and there's only three rounds. So like you've, you really, you really don't have much of a shot. Yeah. With that being said, it's time for the fan favorite segment. Trevor's trivia. What do you got? This is a, this is a new one that I kind of scrounged up today. I think it'll be kind of interesting. Scrounged. I like that word. Uh, This is going to be a little Instagram caption game. I've got Instagram captions. Why don't we have theme music for Trevor's trivia? You like stings? What's a sting? What the heck is that? That's what it's called in like a show or a podcast. Whenever you've got like a little theme music or a little catchphrase, it's called a sting. You made that up. I did not. I'm just kidding. Connor made that up. All right. So this, I've got some uh, captions from various Instagram posts. Probably it's like mostly these are like from throughout the last okay. like half a year, and you're gonna guess, guess which disc it? golfer put that caption on the picture. If I was, yeah, if it wasn't an audio heavy podcast, I just show you the picture and a caption, have you like match it up. But we're gonna go this way. So first one, the first caption is "Champions keep playing until they get it right." Who put that caption? Oh, there's so many. Um. I'm feeling Drew Gibson. Mm. It's Ricky Wysocki. Ugh. It's a very Drew-esque quote, That though. felt like Drew. Drew could literally be, like, anything that is, like, mentioning, like, championship attitude or, like, anything along, like, inspirational. Yeah. Drew is very heavy on inspirational, though, so he would have, like, that definitely fit his brand. That's Not what I'm saying. That felt, that felt very Drew Gibson-esque. Okay. Next one. It's Maple Hill Week. Basically, disc golf Christmas. I wonder what's under the Christmas tree this year. See what you got for that. It's a tough one. I, mean, I don't like that caption. <laughs> we'll start there. Um, I have no clue. It's more of like a. It's more of like a fun caption. Like you know, there's like certain guys that are only posting like pretty serious, like yeah, like stuff. So this is like it's a little more of a fun twist. I mean, that could be like Big Germ. Could be. <laughs> That's not my guess then. <laughs> I will say everybody that I've everybody that I've chosen for these, I'll give you a little more guidance. Everybody that I've chosen for these captions is like a top fifteen player on MPO. Yeah, okay, top, actually, I would argue they might even close to top. Yeah, top my 15. mind went over. I was thinking like maybe I was Kona Panis or maybe. Yeah, no. Okay, I so we're sticking to MPO. I didn't have that much time to look. <laughs> Dang! What the frick? Who says that? Um, trying to think of the top players. Read it one more time. It's Maple Hill Week, basically disc golf Christmas. I wonder what's under the Christmas tree this year. That's funny. You're going to have to tell me. I'll guess Eagle, just to throw it out there. Kevin Jones. Kevin Jones. Yeah, kind of surprised me. I didn't expect that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense now, but Kevin Jones' name never came to my mind. The next one is Jobs Not Finished, Mamba. That's got to be Paul. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be Paul. Yeah. There's no way around that. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Um, okay. I got two more. This one is probably my favorite. I hereby declare I submitted and stood atop little butt. That's Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that post. That was, a, that was, a, that was funny. That is a that funny, funny post. Was, he was talking about a mountain called little butt. And he, yeah. Okay. Just in case you didn't know that. Last one. Another day in the office. Love what you do or change your path. That could be Drew Gibson. 
That's Drew Gibson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had to put in a Drew Gibson. <laughs> I was like, there's got to be a Drew one on here somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Let me go on a little rant for a second because... Go off. Like, I was like, I came up with that idea to do this game and I was like, oh, this will be so easy and like so fun because like captions on Instagram. And I've seen... I got this idea from um, the England soccer team, like their national team is a YouTube channel. It's really good. And they do... They do this where they take like two players and they have them scroll through pictures or they, yeah, they go like, they get a, a picture and they have to see what cat, they have to guess what caption that player put with it. And they like give them different options. And so I was like, okay, let's like, this will be so much fun. Like, cause they have like all these like semi-creative captions and it, and I already kind of knew this about disc golfs and disc golfers and social media in general, but this is like a sad reality that I was faced with where disc golfers on social media are so... <laughs> uncreative all they post i'm literally scrolling through every single post from these top players for the most part there's a few exceptions but for the most part is just tournament summaries every single post i came in this place at gmc i came in this place at mvp little description of how it went it's all their social media you gotta understand social media is a tool like you can your job on social media like I get that these tournament summaries are a big part. A lot of times, like it's in your contract. Yeah, I would say a lot of time it's in their Manif- contract because they're made to do. But like you, if you want to become a brand and likable for the most part on tour, if you want to have fans that not only see you as a player they like watch playing, but feel like they know you, you need to add personality to your social media. You need to have them get a peer into your life. You have a very interesting life as a touring disc golfer. Like, not many people know what that's like to tour around the country and play disc golf and survive on tour. Like, you could have a very, you could make a documentary about this. Like, it's a very interesting life that you have. I wonder what happened to Paige's documentary. So, keep going. uh, We'll see it eventually. So, like, you need to, like, post some, like, creative stuff. Like, like, hey, like, at this cool spot that we found on the road going to this, like, we found this, like, hole in the wall, wall restaurant while on our way to the MVP open. Like, Give me something to work with. I'm just scrolling through, and it's just like a lot of a lot of pros they, do have like like Kevin Jones has a vlog on YouTube. I'm just saying, and they all use and, templates too. That's uh, the that's the thing too. Like all their posts, like they have people do graphics for them. That is that, that is an issue. Those I, are cool every once in a while, but like I want to see a picture that you took. That is an issue. That's I, the that, point of that Instagram. When when there's several pros now that have hired like a graphic designer it's and that's single. everything they post. It's like, I'm just seeing a new, like, lo- like a I'm new, like, I'm like, not poster. following, like, it's not like I'm following Nike. I, like, I'm not following you as a brand. I'm following you as a person. I'm following you. This is your personal account. I'm following yeah. you. I want to see, like, take a selfie disc on the course. I'd rather, I, would, I guarantee this would actually be an interesting study. All these disc golfers that have business accounts, I would love to go into their insights and see the engagement and reach of yeah. a graphic post versus just a boring selfie. The graphic post looks way cooler, but for instance, on our Instagram, the Nick and Matt show is very graphic heavy because we're promoting the Nick and Matt show. And every week, that's like our week worst performing post. Not because it's the Nick and Matt show or anything. It's just that that's the only post that we're making that has graphics on it. Right. It doesn't look like an Instagram natural post. So this week I made it a point. I'm like, I'm going to find a way to get a picture that's not a Nick and Matt show graphic. I'm going to find a way to get a picture that is a picture. Right. And so I texted Matt. Because he had a picture of him, Adam Hammes, and Nick Carl. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to post that. I posted great. And then I'm not gonna. I'm just going to use the caption to explain it's the Nick and Matt yes. show. 
it's performing better than 95% of our most recent posts. Right. I think it's because people Just like treat that. like their Instagram pages as like a LinkedIn page. Right. Yeah. Like it's like this is their profile. It is. It, but it, but, but really, it's not. The point of Instagram is not for you to have a bunch of very professional pictures of yourself because that's not natural for what Instagram is. It's yeah. meant to share what you're doing. Right. With yeah. People. It's not the biggest. It's like a window into your life. It's the exactly, biggest yeah. opportunity for disc golfers to build a likable brand. And literally there is almost nobody taking advantage of it. Like you can make yourself so much bigger on tour. And guess what? A lot of manufacturers right now are judging your contract and your value based on how much plastic you can move. And that has, that can have to do sometimes very little with your performance on the course. That's the reason that, so like you have such a, you have such a chance. A great example is, and this is a great example across the board, Simon Lazat. Right. He didn't have to worry financially about his brand, any of that, while he was away with injury for pretty much over a year. Why? Because he had built such a big brand on YouTube. In that fact, he, he bought a house during that time. Yeah, yeah. even <laughs> if the sponsorship revenue dried up somehow, if Disc Mania is yeah. like, well, since you're not playing, we're not going to sponsor revenue. you, they wouldn't do it. But if they did, he still was bringing in a lot of money per month on YouTube. Yeah. But then that also is the whole reason, not the whole reason, but that's a big reason of why Discmania is like, heck no. Like Simon's so invaluable to us because it's the same thing with Brody, right? Simon could show up to a tournament and finish 60th place and his YouTube content, social media he created that week moved more plastic than a Discmania player coming in fifth that didn't do anything yeah. social media wise. It's the same reason like Brody a lot of times with Discraft is able to move more plastic if he's coming in 50th, 30th, 20th directly if you're looking directly at like let's say he was at the MVP Open. MVP Open if he came in 48th place, but he made practice rounds, uh social media posts talking about the meteor, blah blah blah. Because of the use of social media, people aren't following Brody to see him finish first, second, third. That's not the reason he has his following. He has his following because he's posting stuff regularly. Yeah. So he's able to move stuff regardless of his place, which is a lot more valuable to brands than players who are able to move stuff only because of their place on the leaderboard. Yeah. Because if you're if you're like, hey, I'm constantly coming in 10th place and you get a contract because of that and that's the whole reason you have a name and then the next year you come in 20th every year, what value do you, you hold now? Value, yeah. Because now it's too late to build a brand. And that's the thing Who's too. Start following? When you have a social brand you can capitalize off of like sports in general. There are games that involve like highs and lows in your career. So when you have a social and active social presence, you can capitalize off of a hot streak. You get hot one year on tour and you become a big name and people you become likable and you can stay relevant for years and years and years on tour because people still follow you on social media. Like this, this happens all the time in other sports, especially on the PGA Tour. You have got players like Ricky Fowler, for example, is a great example. That guy, when compared to players who are way less popular than him, has not won nearly as much. Now, he has had a successful career. He's a great golfer. But his social presence and likability due to that presence has created his fan following. And whenever he's had hot streaks in his career, big wins in his career, he capitalizes off of that because he's already there. He's already has a presence on social media. And then it gives you this like long-term relevance. Like it is the most unused tool in disc golf right now. I think it's the biggest one. Not too, only like- by, not only by players, but by companies. Oh yeah. Companies are just as bad. You can scroll through. I'm not going to drop all these names, but you can scroll through certain big companies in disc golf's Instagrams and see very bland templates throughout. It's a problem. 
Yeah. Well, it's also I, mean, I think if you're if you're a player on tour, uh, one of the biggest things you have to worry about until you're a very top player is like job security and a steady flow of income. Mm-hmm. Social media, if you're able to use the fact that you're on tour and build your social media, it can provide both of those. Yeah. To where in the off season, you don't have to go pick up another job anymore because as long as you keep your vlogs going every week or keep a video going every week, it can provide income you that you can fully deals, live on. Like they're, and then you become your next contract. You have a new negotiating tool. Yeah. Like, hey, I know that on the pro tour, I was only 20th, but I've got hundred thousand yeah, followers. I've got more followers than almost everybody on tour. Yeah. Like that's a valuable thing. And and it's way easier to track. Like, yeah. hey, look, I made this trackable link to your site. I can tell you I I drove X amount of people per story I posted directly yeah. to your site to buy this disc. It is like like it's all trackable. It, disc golf is I don't make, know why I'm so upset right now. Disc golf is making this like big leap towards like professional status right now. And the one thing that is getting severely left behind is social media and i'm i'm so confused why because even like these players it's it's not for one it's not difficult it's not difficult to post on instagram consistently you have like i said these people have interesting lives they are touring the country playing a niche sport you have an interesting life it's not difficult to find something to post i mean personally if i were on tour playing disc golf I would have somebody touring with me whose only job is to film and edit and post on social media and help me post on social media to have a social presence because I think you could make the money back that you had to pay them very easily. Yeah, it, the, it, the only risk would be the initial investment because if you can cover the initial investment in a person like that, you're going to make that money back there year is, after year there after is year. still nobody that is doing like a well-produced like touring vlog consistently. And I can tell well, because you, it's because they're all, and this isn't on them, they're all filming it on their phone and having to edit themselves. Right. If you're, if you're not saying. someone who enjoys filming and editing your own videos, that's going to suck. Yeah. And if you don't have accountability, one of the only reasons that Foundations YouTube was consistent at the beginning was because I had accountability to the other owners of like, that was something we had to do because I was the person who like filmed, edited all of that. There are weeks where the last thing I wanted to do was sit down and spend a few hours editing a YouTube video. If it was my YouTube channel, we wouldn't have been consistent. But because I had other people keeping me accountable to it and like other people that I would have let down if I hadn't posted, right. we've never missed a Tuesday upload. Let me. And so now we're three years in and now we upload two times a week and now I don't even have to do it because I was able to just hire Connor. <laughs> what up? Just so, I can do, <laughs> just so I can provide an example, like I'm looking at Ricky Wysocki's social media page. He has 100,000 followers. He's a pretty big social following, but a lot of that is just because he's such a big name. Um, he has not had an organic Instagram post that wasn't a graphic that was just made for him since, I mean, this is like, there's a video that was made for him in July, but that doesn't really count. Uh, I got to keep scrolling back, keep scrolling back. I still haven't found one. <laughs> wow. The, another, here is a video about him talking about a restock. That doesn't count really either, but that was in May. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, this picture here, this was not made for him. It looks like somebody took a picture and sent him to him, but that's valid. May 6th. I'll count that one. That's the last Stay time Ricky birthday. posts an organic. Let me find Kevin Jones is another a good example, I think. Okay, he posted... He posted a, a picture. Kevin Jones, um, I feel like, is decent at social media overall. I know he started using graphics on like, his Instagram a lot. He's still, like, look at all these posts. Like, 90% of them, when he started using these, are now these graphic posts. I think that's like plaguing disc golf right now. Yeah. The, it's, it's like it's a, a newer cool thing. It's a cool thing to use sparingly. Yeah. 
like throw one in here and there and it'll get really good engagement. Once it becomes all you post, then it's going to tank. On my Instagram feed, I would rather see, and I'm maybe you guys think differently, but I would rather see, like if you're doing a tournament summary, I would rather see just a picture, a naturally taken, like well-taken photography picture of you throwing a tee shot or making a putt on that course rather than you throwing surrounded by all these different colors and like logos and stuff like a graph. I actually feel like I feel like Drew Gibson's Instagram is a very good representation of it because Drew, yeah, you know, he does have a lot of a lot of very professional uh, pictures that aren't quite relatable for everybody because they're not iPhone pictures, but they all really do a really good job representing his personality because yeah. even the ones that are very like really highly produced pictures they're all like a lot of times they're goofy yes. or they're like they very much show his competitive or like silly personality yes. and then he still has a mixture of like funny selfies in yeah, here yeah Drew's and, like, is not bad what I was a saying great example with Kevin Jones back to it that picture that you said that's yeah. just a picture of him not a graphic 4,522 likes yeah okay because my account, I can still see likes. A lot of people can't. Don't know why. Uh, okay. Next post, it's a graphic. 2,000 likes. Right. The next graphic, 1,800 likes. The difference... So that engagement and reach right there is over twice as much. The, and that's just the difference between... The ne- and then the post right before it. So 23rd to 27th, post before it is a graphic, 1,200 likes. Post that's just a picture of him, 4,500 likes. Yeah. The di- and the, the people liking it, sure, some of it might have to do with the caption, but the majority of it is you got to be able to stop the scroll. Right. And if I scroll in, I see a graphic, I'm not stopping and reading the caption. Right. That's the thing because I'm when like the difference between Drew, like you were mentioning Connor and like Mm -hmm. Kevin Jones, like these, some of these Kevin Jones ones, this looks like a profile picture, this graphic. Yeah. It's him like discolored with his logo. It just looks like a profile picture. Whereas Drew, um, a lot of the ones that he does that he has the guy make, like here's Drew on the Wheaties box. The edit. Yeah. I'm liking that, that every time. Right. That is yeah. a that is a post that I don't somebody know made who him. Drew's like social media person he is. He did or, one like, the graphic his graphic I, person. They might is. all be the same person. But he, they're they're amazing. He's they're done so ones where he's like edited onto uh album covers, stuff like that. Now some of his are kind of the same thing where I see I see this looks just like a profile picture or something very generic yeah it's just him with like his logo and stuff now but the creative wanna, ones are different as a graphic designer those edits are they're really sick. cool they're yeah. very well yeah. done great so i don't want it to sound like we're coming no, after whoever's no. doing the there's designs. nothing wrong the edits themselves they are, are well very done. very talented clearly much better at graphic design than i am i could ever they be. just don't they but don't control they just, the algorithm i just don't think they work well with instagram yeah it's the whole thing they don't work with the algorithm on i think instagram. it's a, i think it's a yeah i think it might be a graphic designer posting it not a social media like yeah they're, do, they're two different things there's a there's mm-hmm. a place for them yeah well there's a tangent you didn't expect i would like to say that i appreciate trevor you giving credit to the soccer team for that idea that you got for yeah. the game because yeah. it's about oh. time that somebody in this company yeah, somebody in this company ridiculous. needs to start doing credit yeah. Yeah. if I if I am fed one more the idea that of one of you un- two steals from another channel I mean after we took that <laughs> the idea, amount of unoriginal ideas is ridiculous I mean ridiculous, I heard really. that I heard that Dude Perfect with all of their subscribers is like been really sad that we took their all sports video yeah you actually video. You need to stay hushed with that they're coming after us pretty hard I'm, yeah. I'm having to deal we're with stuff a behind legal the scenes <laughs> it turns out a channel with 60 million subscribers cares a lot about what a channel with 60,000 does on a day to day basis yeah. so I'm, I'm really having to struggle with that that's right tough now. and actually yeah especially considering it was on a disc golf course instead of a golf course they, they were really and, they and all, that they i saw it with sideman first instead of dude perfect but yeah. they don't care and about we any forgot of those details that we used one of the footballs that they handmade yeah, yeah without giving them credit for they actually invented it, so. football 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Steady Ed's actually coming after All me right. for how much we play disc golf, <laughs> too. <laughs> we need to calm down. Uh, if you can't tell, those comments really get under my skin. Mainly because half the time, we have no idea who you're saying we're copying. We'll do an idea, and we're like, that was a sick video. Someone's understand. like, are you we kidding li- me? You we didn't live in see an my era video? where media is just being chucked into the open all day, every day. Like, we cannot keep up I'm with like, all no, that. I didn't see that video. What? We I should start a new segment where we say, all right, go ahead and comment below what YouTube video you think is completely original, <laughs> and we'll and find we will them re- where they rip it off. And talk about how unoriginal every part of it is. I just <laughs> want you to know that we have never once sat down and been like, Yes, let's copy that. Yeah. Dude Perfect, yeah. I will agree to that one. The well, Dude yeah. Perfect all yeah, 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 yeah. But that's inspiration, not but like... We also didn't play it on a golf course, so you could say we didn't directly and copy we're also, it. And we also realized that that video came out years ago, so it's not like it's not like we're stealing anything from them. Well, also, how silly would it have been? We would have got made fun of more if at the beginning of the video, we'd be like, you know, before we get into this video, I just want to give a huge shout out to Dude Perfect for doing this video first. Like... <laughs> Yeah, like what they're Who not even. Who would we think we are if I were to shout out Dude they're Perfect? They're on a different level. Than like us. they don't give a rip what we do. Yeah, they probably they probably barely even know what disc golf is. They're probably like, oh yeah, that's that frisbee thing Brody does every once in a while. Like <laughs> the frick do they care what I did on an all sports disc golf challenge? Come on now. Go all right. On. <laughs> <laughs> give me another topic. All right. Well, speaking of YouTube. Uh, first off, Paul's channel recently hit 100,000 subscribers, so congrats to Paul. Ooh. Most recent video on his channel, though, shed some light onto what could possibly be an issue in the f- future with grip enhancers. So he basically tested a bunch of grip enhancers that Paul, were... Paul kind of is kind of a narc, man. He just kind of <laughs> like, what if there's all these players on tour that are like using them and they're like, well, dang, Paul, like, thanks, yeah. for, thanks for chucking that into the headlights of the PGA. He tested a bunch of stuff that the MLB has, outru- has outlawed. Right. Like, it's a hot topic right now because guys in the MLB were using new there's there's been a history of grip enhancers that are illegally used in major league baseball. You're allowed to use rosin that's like on the mound for you to use. Typically the old fashioned one is pine tar. Guys would hide it uh, on their neck or on their glove. And what they're doing is they're putting it on the tips of their finger to get more RPM on the baseball. You get more action and movement and you get more velocity because it's more spin rate. Um so this this prompted, I guess, Paul, because like the newest ones that guys were using in baseball, it like became like a big thing where they were using like this thing called spider tack was a popular one, but they were harder to see and detect and they were pretty effective. And it got to the point where so many people were using it in baseball that everybody had to use it. You didn't have a choice as a pitcher because if you didn't, you were just losing. The person on the bench who was using it was going to jump you. Yeah. So, like, basically, the MLB cracked down big time to now they can do random checks where literally these dudes are pulling down their pants practically in the (laughs) middle. I'm not even kidding you. They're, like, undoing their belt. I've seen some of those clips where a guy's been checked, like, four times in one game. By the fourth time, he literally just undoes everything. He's like, here I am. Managers (laughs) managers can, like, request a check to make sure they don't have any illegal substance. MLB has cracked down on it big time, which in baseball... I don't have a problem with that. Like, yeah, it is. Tech- well, so that's the whole question: is do you think that these like these type of grip enhancers will actually be banned in disc golf at some point? And if so, what do you think it would take for that to happen? I don't think. I think all it takes is one player becoming known for using it on tour, like to where it becomes you see them doing it on coverage, and it's like obvious they're using it. And I think the PDGA will ban it. Well, it shouldn't be. Here's the thing: is if you feel like you have to hide it, then in your mind you've already told yourself it's illegal. No, I think I think they're just they just right. 
Is that not a good train of no, logic? No, I think they no, just know that... No, because it could that, be for competitive reasons. That oh, like you don't, you don't want your competitors right. to know. Yeah, I think you want to have the leg up. Well, I, then, but now there's a video out there that everyone's seen. And I think also... That you can actually use it, and it works I, somewhat. I does. think also that players just know, may also know if they're using it that, like, um, if it becomes mainstream, it's going to get banned by the PDGA. They just suspect that. <laughs> so thanks to Paul for expediting <laughs> that process. But here's the thing. The, the difference between baseball, um, where this is used, like football, I've like there's been things with like guys using like the stick em on their hands, receivers to catch the ball. The difference is in like baseball, for example, you are using that advantage against a batter, right? You're straight up stealing the point I told you I, yesterday. Well, no, I also had that point. We were, we were Come on, man. I'll let you say it. No, you go ahead. You already started. No original content. No original content. Trevor's even stealing ideas it's from not, me. It's not like that. Go ahead, then. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that in baseball, you're using it against a batter who has nothing to combat that advantage, right? So it's like you versus another person. You getting an advantage outside of the rule book, and he's not. You're stealing it word for word from me. At least, at least switch it up some. I'm pretty sure we well, like my thing. We was, like harmonized into that point yesterday. That, well, we started I'd talking it down. and we we're like finish each other's sandwiches. Uh, um, my okay. whole thing with that is like there's not it, it. There's not something that makes it easier for the batter to hit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. not like like it's you just like, have to have reaction time in that. Or in football, like you brought up, uh, if like someone has stick them on their hands or on, I mean. The NFL's gloves might as well be sticky substances, but that's a whole different thing. But when uh, someone's going up to sky you and grab, oh, like, yeah. if, it, if it just happens to stick in their hand when you played perfect coverage, there's nothing you or as a defender can do. break up the pass. Yeah, there's too. nothing you can do to stop that. Right. Whereas in disc golf, my gut reaction is that this will be banned at some point. Yeah. But I don't think it should because like, what advantage is it really giving? Because everyone can use it. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. the same. It, I see it like a rangefinder. Yeah. Right? Like... I would argue that the rangefinder, because like th- what they found in that video, I believe, and what what we had heard from people is that what it really is giving you this uh, grip enhancer is not really a distance advantage, but just a grip advantage. So it's not even it's not even really like it's it's going to give players an advantage, like they're going to get better, but it's almost going to just well, they help might be them able to with get consistency. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like just like have a better grip. And this already happens on tour because some guys just have drier hands than others. I do. N- I am not one of those people. So I could say I'm well, at a disadvantage already. <laughs> but in certain times, you're at the advantage if it's really dry would, outside. Yeah, because I would disagree because I would say a lot of times discs are slipperier in my hands. I just, I couldn't even it depends on the temperature. I but we also are two like extremes that. right yeah. here. Yeah. Like the exact opposite. But I think that's what I'm saying is like, I don't really, like, is it an advantage? I would say yes. the range finder is a bigger advantage. But it's almost like, it, it, to me, it's in the same category as having a really good chalk bag. Well, I mean, baseball, they're allowed to have rosin, but not. So like there is like, they draw a line. Well, I think in that's baseball. where, but that's, that's what I'm saying. I would assume that's going to be the line drawn in disc golf. Yeah. But I'm saying in baseball, it makes sense because you can you need to be able to dry your hands off to get it back to natural feeling, but then you shouldn't be able to go beyond natural in baseball because you're directly affecting someone. Right. This, you're not, it's not like, oh my gosh, well, now Eagle can throw a thousand feet instead of 700 feet. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, now Eagle can throw as far as he could already have thrown consistently. I do think it's right, like though. He, it's, he didn't get better. In baseball, it makes a player better. Yeah. It didn't make anyone better in disc golf. 
it just allows them to have more confidence, basically. I definitely think you're right. I think it will get banned. It will get banned. Because I think the PDGA just likes kind of being big and bad. So, like, they'll just be like, oh, well, it, let's keep I the sport clean. I think it's just clean. that gut reaction of, like, when you it first, needs to be banned. When you first hear it and you just don't even think about it, and then, like, the circumstances in which it's going to be used as well, which are kind of, like, sneaky circumstances, they're going to just be like, oh, we need to ban this. And they're going to do it. But does it need to be? Is it really that important? Most players probably won't even end up using it because they'll probably like not like the feel of it. I haven't tried it yet. We well, I should. feel like as much as it can lead to you maybe getting a little more RPMs on the disc, it could also lead to more grip locks. Yeah, there, yeah, there could, could be could side be effects. Like, yeah, I, I don't think it's like a hot topic that needs to be like we need to squash this before it becomes. A no, that's what I'm saying. Board. Is it's, it's very. I, I, I'm pretty confident that if it got to where it's being used on tour. Players who weren't using it would be upset that it was being Here, used and complain until it got banned. But I just don't understand the logic behind it. Here's banning. the other thing. In baseball, whenever um, guys were using those substances, they were playing, they were pitching significantly better. I just saw a stat that Hugh Darvish, before the crackdown era, as they're calling it, was had a 2.45 ERA, and since they started that, he has a 6.8 ERA or something like that. Like guys are pitching way better before. It's it's like well, it's, it's also, drastic. Whereas like in disc golf, I don't think we're gonna see. Oh my gosh, Eagle McMahon since the since they banned those substances is now playing finishing in 15th every event instead of contending for wins. No, that's exactly. not gonna happen. So like, well, you also have to think it's a huge difference. Baseball it kind of ruined the game to a sense because one of the most exciting parts of baseball is the actual hitting and running the bases. Right. So when yeah. you make that part of the Baseball game Baseball is super, super anti-pitcher because home runs are... Exci- yeah, like, so when you make that part of the game of the actual hitting harder, yeah. then yeah, like you need to it's ban whatever to substance. Watch this season? Yeah, because you, you're... Whole, catch, basically. Yeah. This Disc season... Disc golf, you're making it more... Like, if it does make them throw farther, you're not really necessarily ruining the game because that's the most exciting part yeah, of the game. In baseball, this was a very pitcher-dominant, uh, like, season starting out. Like there was more, they were on track for like more no hitters than ever in the season. Like it was like guys were just mowing down batters and major league baseball. Like that was one of their big motivators to just crack down. They're like, all right, we need the hitters. Like they've, they've done things before, like make the, like juice the baseballs, make them more like active off the bats. Like they're always trying to help hitters. So, which makes sense. It does. I think at least. Poor pitchers, but... Well, yeah, it sucks to be a pitcher. Because I also feel like a pitcher, the only stat that's ever read about you is negative unless you do something crazy. What are you talking about? I don't know. Whenever I hear about, like... I don't know. I feel like the only time I ever hear about a pitcher is... Well, that's what I'm saying. The only time I ever hear about a pitcher is if they did a no-hitter. But I hear about almost every home run, like, all the time. I see clips of home uh, runs and stuff. It takes, like, you're saying it takes a lot more. And then, like, if you're watching, it's like... You're right. You're right. The pitcher's giving up X amount of hits. And he's like, poor guy. It's right. kind of like how like, you never hear about the goalie in basketball. Like, cause you know what I mean? Same. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, I think my brain is in a somersault. No, the goalie, the goalie in soccer is actually, I know that's not, you're making a joke, but the goalie in soccer is another like kind of you're thankless right. position. You only hear about when they get scored on. Yeah. You know, they do a very important job. If you, if they get a shutout, then you hear about it. Or if they do something and not, crazy. And honestly, a lot of times when there's a clean, like a clean sheet, as they call it, you hear about the defense more than you do about yeah, the, the actual goalies. Keeper. There's just some thankless Justice jobs for in the sport. keepers. There you go. There is just a lot of people that need recognized. <laughs> yeah, the spotters, the keepers, 
the goalies in basketball. I mean, they're all going That'd under the radar funny, right like, now. Mount Rushmore in part of my take is like the unrec- the unsung heroes of sports. That would be a good one. No, it's probably already been done. Probably. Anyways. Yeah, stop ripping off part of my take. <laughs> all right, let's jump into... I didn't even say anything. <laughs> yeah, how dare you copy them, man? I'm surprised we haven't got called out for copying a podcast yet. Let's talk about GMC. Let's talk about GMC, the Green Personally, Mountain Championship. I prefer Ford. <laughs> I had to say it. That's funny. Thank you. I actually really want a GMC. But we'll you talk. Would, maybe that, we'll talk about that in the banter. You would talk about my dream truck in the banter. You uh, love government bailouts. Just kidding. What? <laughs> it's GM. I was just making a joke. Oh, GM. Do they make GMC? General Motors. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. I don't know. I don't know anything about cars. GMC could stand for General Motor Cars, and I wouldn't even know. <laughs> MPO. I've got. We're just going straight into predictions. I love GMC. I think the courses are amazing. Smuggler's Notch is a place I've always wanted to go to. I've never made it up That's there. Cool. I've decided Vermont. after watching MVP this past weekend that like we need to get up. We there. We got to get up there. Next we got to get up to MVP there. and Vermont. It's two weeks back yeah. to back. We got to do it. Uh, on the MPO side, I am picking Chris Dickerson to win. You Eagle McMahon, Eagle McMahon coming second, and Ricky Wysocki <laughs> coming third. You were just like the king of awful picks lately. Dude, Michael we, Johansson uh, two we weeks in a row. Last night. We looked at it last night picks. on debate night, and my. My top three prediction last for MVP came in 11th, 21st, and 46th. Yeah. So <laughs> that's not very good. Yeah. It wasn't I also good. took Kyle. So yeah. We both true. died on that hill. But I'm taking the defending champion, Kevin Jones. Ba, ba, da, ba. He's still due. He's been due for <laughs> since like the world's. He's been due. So like, I come on. <laughs> I got Eagle in second and Ricky in third. So we have the same second and third. Yeah. Just who we think is going to win. I, I like picking Chris and James Conrad and Michael Johansson when we get to the stretch of the tour because, like, it's Woods and they, Golf. But they're not proving you right. Chris Dickerson is going to freaking win this. Is he even playing this weekend? <laughs> Why <laughs> Did I make this prediction without him, without looking at wow. the thing? Uneducated. I just, I really feel like I, I just was like, oh, that, I think Chris I don't Dickerson know that he is. Now I, that, now I, that, I'm, now that I say it out loud. That'd be embarrassing. That'd be really embarrassing. That'd be really tough. I'm embarrassed. No, he is playing. Thank goodness. You really dodged Thank the bullet goodness. there. For some reason, I was like, did I make those predictions? Because I have in the past made predictions without looking because I'm like, I know is Dickerson Is Dickerson having the most unper- underperforming season of anybody this year? As far as like two expectations? Considering he won player of the year. Last year? Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. That could He's be He's got to start touring full schedule. I think that is a big part of it. He's got to. Or his career is just going to stall. Well, it's going to start off like with a win at GMC. I like Chris Dickerson. Then he's going to defend his USCGC title, and then okay. he's going to win the Pro Tour Championship, I mean, and you're going to eat every word you just that'd said. That'd do the trick if you just defended in USCGC. <laughs> uh, Dark Horse picks. Last week, we didn't even talk about this for MVP. No, we didn't. I won. Uh, Connor lost. I lost. Uh, Mark, Mark and Shane. Is that who you picked? Shane Wyatt. Mark and Shane were in a battle. Shane tried to give it up, but Mark didn't quite take it. Andrew actually offered to buy us pizza, and Connor for some reason turned him down. I turned what? Him down, man, he doesn't need that. He doesn't need. Why do did that. we not give? Why? Because I told him I would buy my own pizza, and then so do you're a, buying us pizza, and yeah. then I'll do a toast in remembrance of him. So you're buying us. Pizza. Well, yeah. What? Which? We're getting pizza, right? I mean, yeah, like we were I'm, offered free pizza, <laughs> and you turned it down. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on right now. If you're listening, just just send us everyone the pizza. in the comments. Let us in, in the comments. Just, I didn't give him my Venmo. Can we make it like a? I'm not doing like, that to him. He doesn't need that. It'd be, man, you guys, it'd be, it'd be such a prank if you guys all like ordered all this pizza to us while we were shooting the podcast, that would man. Suck. That'd be oh awful. my gosh, we what do we that. do with it? It's like, so inconvenient. Ah, our, our addresses. Yeah. <laughs> no, but let us know in the comments if you think that Connor should have to buy us pizza since he turned down. I think he should <laughs> buy us each a pizza now. Pizza, 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 pizza. 
Hope you it guys can like be a little Caesars. Caesars. I, I don't love Little Caesars. A Anything but CCs. Anything but CCs, man. I can get down with that. Yeah, dude. CCs is trash for sure. All right, FPL. No, Dark Horse pick. Dark Horse That's what pick. we're about to get into. Uh, I'm taking Mark Chapelonis. Why, I don't exactly remember. I don't remember if it was his MVP performance or his GMC performance of last year, but he did something good, and I'm feeling he's about to do it again. That's not good enough. I'm picking Tyler Grady. He's from up that way. I think he's from Maine. Uh, 996 rated. Seems to have had a decent season. Kind of, Kind of just tours around up there. He looks like the type of guy that's a safe pick. He might not get the win, but he's definitely not going to lose. That's what I. That's what I look for. Very Ow, aggressive that's player. That's fair. I think you just paralyzed. <laughs> I just died. Uh, what do you yeah, got, Connor? Who, who are you picking? Well, you already told us who you're picking. So why are you scrolling? Because I have an interesting development. Oh, uh, someone DM'd you. As of five minutes ago, I got a DM about a dark horse pick. Dang! Wow, somebody's on to you. Perfect timing. Are they offering pizza? No, not He'll yet. probably just refuse it. So He'll probably okay. just turn it down anyway. Yeah. So uh, I got a DM literally like five minutes ago. He said, Connor, I'm likely not the smartest Dark Horse pick for today's podcast. How'd that work for you last week? And I will have to say I agree that he's probably not the smartest because he spelt my name wrong after finding me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> he found me on That's Instagram, right sent me a DM, and then spelled it C-O-N-N-O-R. Nice. But oh, I will say... Not even the K. What probably happened, he probably spelt it right, and then spelled his phone changed it to that because that happens like on my phone finally doesn't do that but anyway so he said connor i'm likely not the smartest dark horse pick for today's podcast but i have been shooting some good rounds recently and i'm really hoping to do well at gmc this weekend uh so he's 957 rated but he says that he's been shooting uh in his last his last three rounds he shot above a thousand rated and his last nine round, or he's also shot a lot, like in the high nine hundreds. So he said uh, that he will try as hard as he can to beat whoever you guys' picks are. I he's love, eighteen I love years this old. New tradition. He's eighteen years old. Us yeah, I love wins, that. Man. I love that Connor just picks whoever DMs him and just rolls with can it. We get some like <laughs> even lower rated players to DM Connor. Yeah, if like, you're nine hundred rated and you're playing in, are we gonna do Dark Horse or Battle for Bedford? No. Then. For Music City, are we boring you? <laughs> if you're if you're 900 rated and you're playing Music City, DM Connor. Well, I I messaged him back and I said, literally shooting the podcast now, perfect timing. You are my pick. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> wow. So can you tell him that he owes us a pizza? No. He he's 18. Somebody owes us pizza. <laughs> so he doesn't have money to buy his pizza? He's 18. He doesn't know what pizza is. <laughs> he hasn't discovered that part of life yet. <laughs> he is a legal adult. He can get his pizza. No, Absolutely. Connor's buying better than pizza. an illegal adult. We'll tweet the picture. We'll tweet the picture out once Connor <laughs> buys a pizza. Not a piece of pizza. A large. I want a large cheese pizza, please. Mm. I'm gonna get you a block of cheese. I would as take long that. as it's on a. If I have a crackers, as, I have some crackers too. As long as it's on bread with some tomato sauce and toasted. I don't care what you get me. Just make it pizza. <laughs> this episode is blurring the lines between bogey bro banter and grip locked. <laughs> so if you enjoyed this episode, <laughs> check out our Patreon. Get you can get it every week. FPO uh, <laughs> <laughs> predictions. Paige Pierce is going to win th- this weekend. She's bouncing back. Katrina Allen's going to come in second. And then Lisa Fajita, Lisa Fakus is coming in third. I literally dread making these picks every week. There's just no way of knowing. It's just ridiculous. I also picked Paige and Kat, and then I just put a Haley King in. Haley third. King did did have she, a good performance last year. She almost won last year. But, like, I don't know. I I might, like, I have no idea 
what's going to happen. No one does. That's the beauty of disc golf. It's it's a mystery. It's a beautiful sport, really. Let's paint you in a scenario for a make that call. That's make actually that it's pretty call. great. Was that a sting? Yeah. So if if you didn't know, a sting is actually what. You, <laughs> uh, make that call. So Trevor. You're playing in a tournament. I'm about to start telling the soft serve <laughs> ice cream story. <laughs> it's gone too long. Yeah, so Trevor. It's a great story from my past. I'll tell it some other time. I'm telling the banter. Okay. Uh, so Trevor, you're you're playing in a tournament, and you you make the great decision to go to Taco Bell for lunch. A few holes in, everything's great. You're enjoying life. Yeah. Whole five rolls Taco around. Bell. I haven't had it in a while. She's a good eater. I want to talk about Whole five rolls around, and you start to question everything. Oh, man. On hole six, you tell your group, I can't do this anymore, and you run off the course <laughs> to the bathroom. How do they say it? Like, when I, when I said, I can't do this anymore, like, it reenact how I said it. <laughs> oh, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for off. that. That's a really good visualization. <laughs> and uh, you run off to the bathroom. So they give you as much time as they legally can in the rules. Man, but they ended up in trouble. They end up <laughs> they end up finishing hole six, and they're about to tee on hole seven when you catch back up to them. It doesn't matter how old you get. Taco Bell poop jokes are always funny. <laughs> Okay. You catch back up to so on I hole missed seven. A, I missed a hole. Can't, so you run up. You're like, what What do I do? Like, can you keep playing? Do you have to DNF? If you do keep playing, how do you do it? And what's the penalty? I just missed a hole. You Yeah. So you're middle of your round. I leave the course, the go to the bathroom. Now you're back to the, you're back to the course. Well, you missed the entire you, hole. Man, you're confuzzling me because, well, I know. What's the rule? I know the par plus four rule is, um. If you show up late, it's like showing up late, but I don't know. I don't know if there's like a contingency if you leave and then if it's for the bathroom. You hear that cricket? It's my brain right now. Because <laughs> um, I feel like you wouldn't just give this to me and be like, yeah, it's just par plus four if you're missing a hole. Hmm. That is interesting. I wonder. I wonder if there's going to be like a specific ruling, but then there's like a loophole to the rule. Like I could just walk back and tap into the last basket and just get a misplay instead of whatever else is coming to me—a jail sentence, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying anything. I'm just gonna say par plus four for that hole that I missed, and then you can give me the correct ruling. That is the correct ruling. Oh, so this type you were trying to throw me off the scent. I was trying to throw you off the scent. Everyone to be thrown off that scent. Uh, that is a type of misplay known as a missed hole due to late arrival or absence. You get par plus four on I, the hole. I was wondering if there was gonna be like it's like actually like. I didn't know a the answer DNF, to and then like, it, but if you go back and like tap into the last hole, like you can like loophole it and get like. Yeah, a, when I read that, I didn't know the answer because I was like, I don't know, because like, does it apply the same if you leave in the middle of a round? I'm just a rules expert. Turns out, how many does. penalty strokes would he get for cracking a toilet bowl? <laughs> yeah, all I'm thinking about is that poor toilet. I wouldn't be. I'd be. I could be less bothered about what happened on hole six. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what it's happened. More about the Nacho the stall. Grande that happened. Yeah, <laughs> at Gordita Crunch. <laughs> No cinnamon twists. All right. Baja blasted that toy. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you all enjoyed this episode. We'll talk to you all next week.